You're listening to the Luke Page Podcast, episode number 29. Make sure you click subscribe so you can stay up to date. I release a new episode every couple of weeks. You can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore Page and coaches. If you're looking at building a six-figure online business, then you've got to head over to my Facebook group. Um, basically, every single week, I do live trainings and coaching with the members inside the group and give you all the tips and advice on how to build a six-figure online business. So all you're going to do is head over to Facebook and search six-figure coaching business secrets. I'm also going to put the link to that in the show notes. But today, I catch up with Catherine Moyer and we talk about how to write your own book and become a published author. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Why don't we get started, Catherine? Why don't we just start it. with the um, giving us an introduction? Who's Catherine Moyer? So a little bit about yourself and who do you help? What do you do? Everything like that. Okay, so I'm a book coach and publisher in that I help generally coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs. So people who want to be thought leaders, I help them write and self-publish books. So I am a publishing imprint, but essentially I'm helping people do the self-publishing. And the reason they generally do it is to raise their profile and, you know, raise their prices and get some new opportunities. Cool. How did you, um, when I was like booking this thing, I'm thinking, how did you actually get into it all? So if you want to give us the backstory and all that, Catherine? Yeah, this, I'll, I'll give you the, sh- the snippets of backstory or we'd be here all day. But <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> I, wrote my, I wrote my own book about five or six years ago. I actually started it when my son was six weeks old because I thought, well, now that I'm basically on holidays, I should write a book. So there's your first clue that I was delusional having a baby. I was like, yeah, I'm going to have plenty of free time. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> when I finally finished that book two years later, it was a really incredible feeling because I felt so proud of myself for because I knew that most people start books and don't finish them mm. or they don't even start. They just keep saying it for years and years. Not only had I started with a baby and then a full-time job as well, I had actually finished it and I'd found the key to finishing it when it had been sitting there for months. So fast forward a couple of years, I studied coaching and I had a, a program that went out there, which was an epic failure. Uh, it was like a relationship program I'd created that SMSed people every day with a tip of what to do that day for their partner. I thought it would be great. It was not. Um, and I lost a whole lot of money. Unfortunately, I lost my friend's money, not mine. My friend invested in the business. Luckily, mm. she stayed my friend. But at that point, I'd studied coaching, which I absolutely love. I was qualified. My book had done well, but not well enough for me to leave my marketing job. I'd been in marketing and media for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And I spent a year trying to get the coaching business quite unsuccessfully off the ground. So I, I hired a business coach and she said to me, you need to find a niche. And when she looked at my history and she said, you know, what are you most proud of? And I said, well, you know, writing my book. And, and then she talked about what are your skills? What did you enjoy? What do you, you know, what comes naturally and looked at all of these things. And then she said to me, why don't you help people market their books? And I said, well, 
I kind of don't want to do marketing anymore. Like I've been doing it for 15 years, you know, and same with media, you know, I'd done publicity and I loved it, but I was a bit over it really. And I think also people's expectations are super high at that point in the game because they're shelling out their money, you know, and they want a, a really great return. And I said, what I really want to do is help people write the books because that feeling of finishing my book is to date like one of the best and proudest achievements of my life. And sometimes I still feel emotional, like, wow, I'm so proud that I did that. You know, it might sound funny, yeah. but I just, I, I still go, wow, how did I even make that happen? And so that's what I wanted to do with people. And she said, but if you do that, you'll get stuck in the quagmire of people's minds. And I said, well, that's where my coaching and the other things come in, right? That's what I want to do because getting over that hurdle and getting it done, that's where I feel like the gold is. So that's how my business started. And, you know, that was three years ago. I started with just helping people write the first draft and then I ended up expanding and I've got a team of about 15, uh, you know, subcontractors really who are all Mm. specialists in different types of editing and formatting, cover designer, all of those things. So Mm. I actually have a different person do every stage of the game from when I finish the first draft with the person right through to when it hits the online shelves. Yeah, right. So your your original book took you um two hours, sorry, two years to actually write. How long yeah. did you say originally that you thought it was going to take? Oh, like weeks. You know, yeah, I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, <laughs> you know, a handful of weeks, a couple of months at the most, you know, and mm. and and the issue was I would only write when I felt inspired and when I like wanted to. Mm. And a friend of mine uh, is in Italy. She's a full-time author. And she said to me, don't wait till you feel inspired. You'll never write it because life's just not that inspiring. And I still didn't really, you know, jump in then. I Like I'd been writing here and there. And at that point it had been at least 18 months and I'd written, you know, eight chapters or something. Yeah. And, uh, and then I saw an interview with Nikki Gamel, who's an author who at the time had written three books. Now she's written, I don't know, like 20 or something. And she said, writing books isn't about talent. It's about discipline. Mm-hmm. And then I went, ah, oh, it's interesting. And she said, it's writing every day, whether you feel like it or not and treating it a bit more like a job. And I went, yes, that's what I need to do. So, yeah, I sat down mm. every night when I put my baby to bed. I sat down for 15 yep. minutes and, and wrote. And sometimes, obviously, I wrote for much longer. But I said to myself, yeah. if you can yeah. just sit there, yeah. even if you're half asleep and you write one sentence, just sit at your desk and do it. And that's how it got written. Yeah, right. So 15, because I've heard, because I've started my own book, right? And um, I was doing, um, I haven't written anything for probably three weeks now. Um, I was at once when I first started, I was doing it. I was, I had Friday and Saturday to write into it and I was doing it every time, every time, every time. And then I had a, I had, I just had like a little mini break, um, the last couple of weeks. And I'd basically, when I take my break every nine days, I drop everything. Yeah. And I actually planned on the, on this break originally. I thought, you know what, in this break, this is where I'm going to just smash the book out. Didn't write in at once. Didn't write. And now, um, Catherine, I actually had a, a time to do the, the book writing this morning and I didn't do it simply because why? Because I didn't feel inspired to write into it. So it's awesome that you say that. And it's, it's really, it's funny that you say the inspiration thing, because that's going to be a massive thing that probably holds us back. And I'm, I'm curious because the people listening to this are going to be one of two. They're going to be, most of them are probably going to be, 
yeah, one day, you know, the idea is one day when I'm that person up there and I've achieved everything, I'm going to write that book. Yeah. When I've done that, I want to write the book. It's my bucket list. They're one of those people. Or you've got someone where maybe they're just like me. They've started their book. I mean, they're in the middle of it or they're whatever it is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I probably want to get some tips for those people. Um, so what do you think? Like probably the most people are like, I would like to write a book one day and they haven't started. What is it that, why, why, why can't, why, why should we not have to wait? Like, what's the reason why? Cause people are like, Oh, well I have to achieve yes. this before I do it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah. what's going to make I, them just go for it now or sooner? I think people never feel like they're ready enough. Yeah. And they also never feel like they've got time to start. They never feel like there's a perfect time. So I, what I find, you know, people come to me who have been wanting to write a book for 10 years, five years, one woman was 20 years. They keep waiting for this moment to open up to them. So it's like when people say, I'll be happy when X, Y, Z happens, right? As soon as that thing happens, there's a new thing that they're not happy about. So a book's much the same is that, life doesn't tend to open up a space for you to do this fun, new, fancy project either. So especially if you are a business owner, there is always a new thing. It's usually focused around, you know, making money, getting leads, that sort of thing. There, there will never be time. And I was victim of that with my own book. So I'm working mm-hmm. on my new book now about writing a book. And about writing a book. I was yeah, writing a book about writing a book. And I kept doing the same thing. I was thinking, when I finish launching my course, when I mm. finish doing this, when I finish yeah. doing that. Yeah. And as you know, uh, <laughs> as soon as the thing happens, then I went, oh, well, that didn't go to plan. I think what I'm going to do now is this other thing, right? And I said to myself, oh, my God, Catherine, you're doing exactly what you just tell everyone not to do. So what I did is uh, I've obviously got uh, my own clients. So I have a group of students who are in uh, my online writing course and we have a private Facebook group. And I also put my one-on-one clients in that group as well. And I said, everyone, I'm going to work on my book. I put it in the events calendar for every morning at 8.30. And then I also put it into my Google calendar because Facebook doesn't remind people very well. And I Mm -hmm. sent an invite to every single student and client saying, I'm going to be writing at 8.30 in the morning. Do you want to join me? And I jump in Zoom and I live stream it to Facebook and I sit and work on my book for half an hour without talking to anyone. And they can sit and work on their book with me at the same time. And I tell you, it has made me write my book Mm. uh, because there is like I only started that last week and there was those first couple of days I thought to myself, there's no way I would have written if I didn't already tell my whole group that I was doing it because there's always 6,000 things to do in the morning, especially when you've got kids. And, and I knew that it wasn't going to happen without that. So I'm glad I made myself accountable, but Mm -hmm. this is of course why people hire book coaches because my clients will always say to me, oh my gosh, if it wasn't for you reading my work this week, there's no way I would have done anything. So like me being there does, you know, but so firstly, yeah, in terms of finding time, it's never going to happen. You just have to make time. But in terms of doubting yourself, I just don't think that anyone ever feels ready because even the most successful people, anyone who has met someone very successful, of course, you've always got the really arrogant, and also the faux arrogant people who think that they're the greatest. But a lot of people who act like they're the greatest don't really feel like they're the greatest deep down. So I've, I'm yet to meet anyone who 
actually feels as confident as maybe they appear because mm. everyone doubts I'm not enough. I'm not expert enough. I'm going to write something and people are going to, it's going to look ridiculous. I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm talking about. Someone's going to read it and disagree with me. Um, and also if you're someone who's into personal growth and development, you know, you're going to keep learning. So in fact, there's never an end point where you'll probably stop learning. And one of the fears that people have told me is they're worried that the book represents how they are now. And they're going to be embarrassed by that in a year's time when they've grown and moved on. Oh, that's one I've got. That is one I've got. I've always thought, sorry to interrupt Catherine there, but that's one I've thought. Yeah. I'm like, if I think I'm going to release this in a year's time, I'm going to be a way different person. So the shit I'm writing now, is this going to be a low standard compared to where I'm going to be even in a couple of months? So yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, and so that's the thing. Firstly, yeah. obviously try and get the book out in a reasonably timely fashion. But yeah. so one of my clients really solved this issue that had been coming up. And then she mentioned, she said it in a way that I went, oh yes. And that was, she said, this book represents who I am at this exact moment in time. It's what I've learned up till now. It's the wisdom I can share based on what I know now. And it serves the people in my life now it's what I needed, you know, it's like cathartic of where I'm at right now. But she said, I reserve the right to change my mind. I reserve the right to change and grow. And she actually brought that book out in November. She's now writing her second book with me. That was a massive bestseller and very successful. But the beauty of it is when she said, I reserve the right to change, she also said in five years time, this book is still there for people who needed this information who will need it in five years time so in five years time there's someone younger less experienced they need the wisdom that you have today and where you are next year the people who need that today they don't need where you are next year because they're not there yet yeah absolutely so what you have to share now is always going to be valuable yes in the mm. future it might be valuable to people who are not in your world anymore because your business will move on and you'll keep attracting more sort of, uh, I guess, evolved people or people who have grown with you or people who are further along in their journey. As you grow, they'll grow. Mm -hmm. But there'll always be people who are not there yet. Yeah. And those are the people who can still benefit from the wisdom you have today. So true. Interesting. That's so interesting. So we all have this like general fear slash belief that, oh, well, I'm not ready. I'm not good enough. And we're waiting for this perfect time, but it's never going to happen anyway. No. You're never going to really feel like the right moment. So you just got to, you just got to take that step, eh? And, and start something like that. Well, I think otherwise the only right moment is when you've stopped learning and stopped growing. Mm. How many people do you know in the business world who do, who want to do that? Yeah, anyone that does is uh, not going to go too far, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, anyone who does is dead. You know, it's like yeah. at, what, at what point do you think, I'm done now, I'm done. I don't want to achieve anything else. I'm completely done. Yeah, I'm exactly completely right. satisfied. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, wait till then to write your book. Apart from, um, apart from, I guess, what we're looking at it, getting started is one of the biggest things, one of the biggest hurdles. But then for the people that actually get started, then there's the actually finishing it and doing it. Like yeah. what are the things like hurdles do generally 
um, people and people wanting to write their own book come up against? The first thing is that most people skip the beginning stages that are really important. So that's, for example, getting really clear in your objective for the book, how the book's going to work for you. Like, for example, if you want to write a book and you jump onto social media and you say, hey, everyone, I want to write a book, any advice? Mm -hmm. A whole bunch of people who have no idea what they're talking about will say, just start writing. It's like the worst advice ever because you are almost guaranteed to end up not finishing it with writer's block and with no idea what you're doing. So dial it back and say, okay, why am I writing the book? What's it going to do for me? Do I want to get speaking gigs? Do I want to get into the media? Do I want to be on podcast? Do I want to use it to get more clients? Uh, a woman I just interviewed just before from, um, from my community, she's an author who has got two books. One's traditionally published, one's self-published. The mm. one that's self-published, she's made 150 grand from in sales, which is pretty unusual. But mm. uh, she got very clear with saying, okay, the memoir which is uh, traditionally published, that opens the door to speaking gigs. She targets people who are managing events that she believes would be a good fit, sends them a copy of the book, and she has almost a 100% success rate in securing that speaking gig because she right. sent them a book and they go, oh, wow, that's awesome. Then the other book she uses in a funnel and the other book that she self-published is the one that's made 150 grand. She uses that in a, in a funnel and it's a very, very niche book. And I think she said she wrote it mm, several years ago. I think she might have said 10 years ago or five. I can't quite remember now. I need to, I've only just recorded that interview, so I haven't listened back to it yet. But, you know, those books have got very different purposes, you know. One is the funnel and it's just to get sales and people onto her mailing list and the other one books her speaking gigs. So right. the first thing you've got to do is get very clear because until you're very, very clear what you're going to do with the book, you'll start losing, you'll lose your way. The second thing is to get really clear on your audience and who's going to buy it because you have to think about mm. who you want in your world. So because you can live off your book, let's say, like you can speak about that same book for you know, two years and it's still yeah. reasonably fresh because okay. two years goes pretty quick. Who do you want in your world for the next two years? What do you want to be speaking about for the next two years? So you have to be very clear on the topic and the person that you want to attract because if you've evolved beyond uh, a certain type of person, for example, I had a client who was a naturopath. She didn't want to be a naturopath. She loved naturopathy and had done it for a decade but she said, I no longer want to have people who come to me and saying, what foods am I allergic to? Yeah. Right. She wanted to go past that because she was mm. into women's empowerment and like a lot, a deeper, deeper feminine stuff. So her book had to move into that because if she wrote a book about how to look after your body by eating the right foods and she'd just keep attracting those same people who want to know what foods they should eat. So you have to yeah. think about who you want in your world and get clear on that. Uh, then okay. definitely write an outline would be the next. Could I quickly ask before you go into the outline, um, what's the difference? I think you used the words definitely self-published and traditional published. What's the difference between those two? So traditional publishing is what people tend to think of when they, when they want to write a book. You know, Penguin and, and hmm. uh, Alan and Unwin, all of those publishers, there are a big five publishers, you know, over in New York and all of that. Okay. And in Australia, there's multiple publishers. The traditional publishing model, what happens is you submit 
for fiction and non-fiction, it's a little bit different. But with non-fiction, you generally submit a proposal that would say, hey, this is who I am. This is the book I want to write. This is what it's about. Here's like the, the outline. Here's some sample writing. Here's the competitor, my competitors, like other similar books and that kind of thing. And then basically the publisher would say, yes, that sounds amazing. We're going to pay you in advance. You write the book and then we're going to publish it. They own all the copyright. You can't do anything with the book. They own the copyright. They own everything. And traditionally they would promote the book and, you know, that kind of thing. That's what, and they were in bookshops. That's what people think publishing still is. And a lot of people who come to me go, oh, I want to write a book and get published because that's what they think will happen. Unfortunately, that's no longer what happens. Exactly. So, and disregarding though, and I'm sure people have got different agreements with the publishers, yeah, but a general, let's just say someone that's not massive, unknown, submits an application to these publishers. How do they get paid? Is it just, okay, you're here, here's your lump sum and then you're done no matter regardless of how many sales or is there lump sum and then, you yeah. know, piece of sales? Firstly, I would say um, the pickup rate, I don't even know what the percentage would be, but maybe... I, I spoke, I saw a publisher I went to in, um, in London many years ago and they, I think he said they got 20, 29,000 submissions a year and they took on five. It's like Tatsalotto. Five new authors. Yeah. It's like, it's, that, you generally have to get an agent and the agent will only pick you up if they yeah, think right. they can get you published. Gotcha. Publishers accept submissions in Australia, which they don't in other countries. They accept yeah. them directly and they go into what they call the slush pile. And I heard an interview with four ex-publishers and current publishers, like a mix, who said in all their years of working in publishing, one said they'd never publish anything from the slush pile. One said they'd pub- they remembered one from the slush pile. So essentially you need an agent. So firstly, the hit rate is super low as you said it's like the lottery Mm. um and then these days they're obsessed with follower numbers so you know uh, in australia you might i don't know that there's not an exact actual figure but let's say 50 to 100,000 kind of collective followers who are quite engaged in the u.s reed tracy who's the head of hay house he says um he gets 10 submissions a week from authors with a hundred thousand followers it's nothing they're looking for new authors to have half a million to a million followers so most publishers are obsessed with follower numbers because it's a money-making business they're not going to put money behind something that could flop because there are millions of books being published they want a ready to buy audience and they know that a percentage of their audience will buy the book that's why they're obsessed with it if you don't have massive follower numbers and in that case they pay you in advance and the advance, let's say it was $10,000. These days, publishers are known to pay $1 advances. It's like a faux advance, right? It's yeah. like I've paid you in advance, but it doesn't really actually give you time to sit and write the book. Traditionally, the advance used to cover you to sit and write the book for six months. Mm-hmm. So fiction definitely can have some bigger advances, but also big names, you know. Michelle Obama, I can't even imagine what kind of advance she would have got for her book. But for your average person, they would say, okay, we're going to pay you a few thousand dollars. And then because they own the copyright, you might end up with 30 cents per book. You have to sell enough books to pay out that advance before you would then get royalties. So 
I think statistically 70 or 80% of people never earn out their royalties. You don't have to pay that money back, but you won't earn any cover more it until you get royalties. Yeah. Okay. So it's yeah. basically like, um, you know, you've got to have a really good book for to, to even make any money from that, that point of view. And yeah, good marketing, yeah. that kind of thing. So um, yeah, getting traditionally published is not really what it used to be. It's uber competitive. The yep. timelines are long. It can take two to three years for your book to even come out. Um, yeah, okay. um, so that's why most of my clients tend to self-publish because even though they're taking on the risk and the responsibility, they're also in full control and they own all the copyright. Gotcha. So the traditional is the big companies and they basically do everything for you. And it's just like, Hey, here's a payout for to kind of get started. And if possible, you do enough sales, you're going to earn some royalties. Self-published is. Is when the beauty of the internet is that it's made self-publishing possible. The downfall is that it's made self-publishing possible, which means a lot of people put out really rubbish quality books. They bash out a chap, they bash out a first draft and they stick it up on Amazon and say, hey everyone, my book's ready, right? <laughs> if you want to use a book in the business, you can self-publish, meaning that you can get the book uploaded to Amazon and to Smashwords and Ingram Spark. And so these are places where you can get a digital version or a paperback version. The paperback version is done what they call print on demand, meaning that instead of you buying a thousand books and they sit somewhere in a warehouse or in your garage, you actually create the paperback file. So you create a, a PDF of the cover and of the interior, mm. and then you upload that to Amazon and you also upload it to Ingram Spark. And Ingram Spark supply. Uh, Barnes and Noble, Booktopia, Angus and Robertson, all of those online stores where you can buy a paperback. When someone jumps on and buys your book, it will often say two to two weeks or 30 days delivery. And that's because the book hasn't even been printed yet. So they get your mm. order, mm -hmm. they print it on demand and they send it. So they go oh, really? print send. Order, print, send, order, print, send, like that. And the beauty for the author is that that means that you're not shelling out thousands of dollars to get all these mm. books sitting in a warehouse. Right. So, so when you, that's essentially means you're self-publishing because yeah, your okay. book's available for sale. Yeah. You get an ISBN, a barcode if you want to, and it's for sale online like any other book. Mm -hmm. And your average consumer does not know the difference. Yeah. So... I've always thought about this. So say, for example, um, you know, we release a book and we're living in Australia or someone's living over in the States or whatever it is, anywhere in the world. And then, you know, someone from across the world buys your book. I've always wondered, how does it get to them? Like a park, you know, because for me to send something over to, you know, London or Finland, yeah. whatever it is, it's going to say, what happens there? So with something like um, if you upload it onto Amazon and that person buys it it just gets delivered from their local whatever the nearest printing facility is so as an example i think amazon have a facility in the uk mm. somewhere in europe and america they don't have one in australia right now so the book will come from there ingram spark have one in i think melbourne and they're moving to sydney um they have one in England, they have a few as well, and they supply all those other bookstores. So they're massive, yeah, right. big operations, and they print and send the book out to, to whoever orders it through whatever platform. I don't so, know exactly how the platform works with the printer. I don't know, yeah. you know how yeah. that exactly works, but... 
So if I had like a book, that's interesting. So if I had a book that, um, you know, a designer, it had like the embossed headline, all that type of thing. And then one person buys a book over in the States and I live in Australia, then this Ingram Spa company will print that book out and it's good quality. It's not like, you know, the stock standard stuff that everyone is the same cover and all that. It's, it's completely customized to what I've done and it gets sent on. Yes, except when you use the word embossed. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you'll find that's possible. You know, like when it feels, when mm. it feels different, I don't think they can do that. But they can do paperback or hardback yep. and they would honestly, the, the user will not know the difference. Yeah, right. It that's looks interesting. It looks like a bought one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Um, you were meant, you were going to say something about, we've kind of gone off on like, because I asked you a question, yep. and outlining, that's I think. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I always encourage people to write an outline before they start. You have the right to change what you're writing as you go, but the beauty of writing an outline is you get to plan what you're writing, you know what's ahead of you, you never sit down to a blank page because it's sitting down to a blank page, it gives you writer's block. So when you sit down to an outline, and you, you know exactly what you had already planned for that chapter. So I just get people to do like bullet points. I do have a system for creating it, but essentially you're brainstorming topics and then you're putting them in order and then you're fleshing them out with a handful of bullets for each chapter. And that way, when you sit down, you go, oh, yes, that's what I was going to write about in chapter three, boom, and you start writing. So that's helpful. And so this is these are all the things you do before you even start writing because it sets you up for more success than just going, oh, I want to write a book and starting to write, and that's you'll get lost when you do that. Um, mm. And then beyond that, it just is about the discipline, really. Um, it's about sitting down every day, whether you feel like it or not. Don't do it. It's like going to the gym. If you go to the gym once a week, you know that you won't end up going that probably that one a week, unless you go with a handful of friends on that day and it's more of a social thing. Mm. But I know that the years that I had addicted to the gym, which I no longer, um, I went six days a week to lift weights. I went on holidays for two weeks to New York. I had planned to join a gym in New York. And when I got there, I was jet lagged, etc. Then I was having a good time. I didn't go. I came <laughs> back. I never went to the gym six days a week again. Mm. And, and I've kept wow. going, Oh, I really must get addicted to the gym again. I really must. Yeah. you know. Yeah. And and it's in writing your book is the same. As soon as you put it to the side and you say, I'm just going to work on it for three hours on a Friday, you will wake up sick or hungover or you have to take the, <laughs> or you'll have to take the kids somewhere. You'll get invited yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Something will happen mm. and you'll say, oh, well, I can't do it today, but I'll do it next week. So mm. momentum is the key to getting your book written. And when you don't, when you only write once a week, you do not have momentum yeah. and you don't have a habit and you won't write it. You just won't. No, that's and a really very good Very occasionally that will work for people. But honestly, yeah. every client, every student that I've worked with in the past three years, they try and challenge me on it every now and then. Like, <laughs> Watch me, I'll came, do it. I'll prove yeah. you wrong. Yeah. A guy came to me, he got referred to me. Um, he'd been working for on his book for 10 years and it actually was a novel. I don't normally work with novels, although I love novels and I plan to write more. They don't really work with business, so I don't tend to work with them. But this one guy was a referral, so I did do it. He, he was writing a sci-fi novel and he'd been writing it for 10 years. And he 10 said, years? Yeah. He said the, the tragedy <laughs> with writing a sci-fi over 10 years is that nothing's sci-fi anymore. Yeah, so said, I was going to say, I was thinking that. 100%. He'd see, it on, he'd see it on the news and go, damn it, <laughs> that's in my book. 
and he'd be like, scratch it out of the book. Yeah. And so he said, firstly, he had to keep changing the book because everything kept bloody happening in real life. And then we were talking about how we'd been writing it for 10 years. And, and I said to him, okay, so what I want you to do is to write for 15 or 20 minutes every day. And he said, oh, that won't work for me. I said, dude, you've been writing this book for 10 years. What you're doing is not working for you. Yeah, nice. So it was really funny. So he ended up, he tried it. He was really resistant. And he used to catch catch the train to work 40 minutes each way in Sydney. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so, and he was on one of the earliest stops, right? So I, I said, okay if you don't have time when you get home and he didn't have kids, so we did have time really. But anyway, I said, when you get on the train, take your laptop and just write on the train for 20 minutes. So he resisted for the first week. And then the second week he said, all right. So he said, you know, it takes 10 minutes to sort of get on and sit down and, you know, get your laptop together and get all organized, make sure no one's going to bump you. And then he wrote for 20 minutes and then he'd clean it all up and get ready to get off again. Right. Mm. And after a week, he said to me, oh my gosh, this is amazing because he said, because that 20 minutes isn't long enough, when I got to work, I'd be thinking, oh, I just want to finish that bit about the blah, blah, blah. So at lunchtime, he'd pull out his laptop and he'd write again. And then he'd write on the way home. And he finished that book in 12 weeks of working with me after 10 years of trying to do it on his own. Yeah, it's nuts. And, you know, so... It works, you know, like it, it works to ch- chip away at it mm. a little bit at a time. And when people say to me, oh, but it takes me 15 minutes just to get in the swing, mm-hmm. you know, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right, is that the more you tell yourself something, the more you keep attracting and, and manifesting that. So when you say it takes me 15 minutes just to get warmed up, well, guess what? It's going to take you 15 minutes just to get warmed up. Right. So he thought basically when he said that it's not going to work for me, the reason why he thought that, was just because he was telling himself that. So if he told himself that it will work for me and it can work for me, then I guess it's going to come true either way, yeah? <laughs> yes. So he'd been, uh, he'd been looking for these big opportunities to sit and write for hours, but it becomes yeah, yeah, daunting. Yeah. You know, as yeah. I said, it's a lot like going to the gym. When you haven't been to the gym for weeks, the idea of going is a bit like, oh, I'll go tomorrow. So mm-hmm. writing your book is much like that. The more you put it off and the bigger mm-hmm. the session the more daunting it is. Yeah. And that's with everything, isn't it? It's like with everything, the harder a task is, the more resistant we're going to be. So just, you know, chunk it down as opposed to spending two hours or three hours on something, just spend 15 minutes. And you set your alarm on your phone, you know, and you just say, I mean, I've been doing half an hour and I have to admit half an hour goes fast, but Mm. I set my alarm and I go, boom. And I just type, 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 you know, turn off social. Don't do any research. Don't edit as you go. Just write. Don't expect it to be perfect. You can fix it in the edit. You don't need to get it right. You just need to get it written. So you just sit down, smash it out. The alarm goes off and and you feel good all day because you go, I worked on my book today. It was so good. You know, oh, yeah. proud of yourself all day long. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there anything, when we wrap this up, do you want to, is there anything you want to leave us on? I just think you don't want to wake up at 70 and say, damn, I wish I'd written that book. Oh, that one, that one. You don't, do you? You just don't. No, it's, I, I tend to, there's no point in regretting all the stupid stuff that you've done, right? Cause it's done. 
but I've always been afraid of not doing something and regretting mm. that I didn't try. Yeah, definitely. You know, you'll always be proud that you wrote a book. Hell yeah. Um, where can everyone find it, Catherine? It's been a really good episode. I'm sure everyone listening to this is going to get heaps of value out of it. Where can everyone, um, anyone listen to this, where can they find you? So my website is changeempire.com. And uh, yes, it has two E's in the middle, changeempire.com. And there's a bunch of links on there where you can go onto the waiting list for our next free challenge. You can book to talk to me if you want to get some one-on-one support with your book, etc. So there's a few links on there. And I'm on, I'm mostly on Facebook, Catherine Mora. And so we'll put a link, uh, I guess, below. And, uh, and I occasionally toy with Instagram and LinkedIn so I can be connected with on any of those places. I'm pretty much just Catherine Mora or Change Empire Book Coaching everywhere. Bob, all right, Catherine. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for uh, spending some time on this podcast. Been awesome speaking to you. Thank you so, so much. And I'm here for any questions if anyone can shoot me through a message. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.